We are beginning a brand new two-week series today on all of our campuses called GOAT. Now, GOAT is an acronym that stands for Greatest of All Time. And uh, I prepared two sermons for today. And I was rolling on the first one, and I was feeling a lot of, a lot of traction and feeling good about that. And then Thursday, 5 a.m. came. I thought, mm, that's not what I want to preach. I, I feel, Lord, you're, you're taking me in a different direction. So I'm really, really excited to talk to you about the greatest of all time. Now, I'm very familiar with the, the word goat, greatest of all time. Um, anybody in the house you, you, you have or you are, uh, love dirt bikes or maybe race dirt bikes? Let me see your hands. You had a dirt bike or maybe you still do race. The great, when I say the GOAT, you know who the GOAT is in motocross. On the count of three, just say Ricky Carmichael. One, two, three, Ricky Carmichael. Now, um, I, I just signed up at, and I'm taking kettlebell classes. And it's just right here across the street. Can you see how my legs are really getting buffed? But when I want to quit, I look up and there's a picture of the GOAT, a championship kickboxer, black belt in several areas. Tom, would you stand up just for, just for a moment? I look up and I see your poster when I'm suffering and wanting to quit. I just want to say, dude, you are the GOAT, mm-hmm. greatest of all time. Yeah. Come on, you can give him a hand. He's awesome. Hey, he helps in communities. Children, I honor you, Todd. I really do. Thank you. Um, Let's have some fun. What about basketball? On the count of three, just shout it out. Okay, we got Wilt Chamberlain. Who else? The GOAT. Basketball. Colby? Do you know you're, you're close, but you're all wrong. The GOAT of basketball, the greatest of all time, is a member of Christian Faith Center. We have a picture of him. This is Wild Bill Nunnally. He is the GOAT of basketball. Do you know we were doing that, Bill? You didn't, did you? You turned a little red right there, didn't you? Do you know he played in college with Moses Malone? Yeah. What about baseball? Who's the GOAT, the greatest of all time? I Googled, I Googled this according to uh, MajorLeagueBaseball.com. Let me find it. In order, the top three, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Barry Bonds. And I, I really like Willie Mays because I got to see him play a couple of times live. Remember the one where he caught that, that ball running backwards? I was in the stadium and I watched that live. Just crazy the GOAT, the greatest of all time. What about football? Football. Who's the the GOAT of football? Somebody shout somebody's name. Okay, just just nobody, nobody say anyone that plays for the Patriots. Just for me. I Googled this too. And here, according to football, NFL.com, the, the, the GOATs, the top three greatest of all time in order, Jerry Brown, Jerry Rice, and Joe Montana. I don't think any of them. Well, Jerry, Jerry played for the Raiders. I like that one. Uh, but many are considered to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time. But 
How many recognize there's only one goat, the greatest of all time? It is Jesus Christ. Can you scream amen? He is the sinner's Savior. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one that will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. Can we put our hands together and celebrate the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ, the goat, the greatest of all times. I, I could get used to this. I was really thinking about this. What I want to—I could preach on a thousand different things regarding Jesus Christ being the goat, the greatest of all times, of all time. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter sixty-six, verse one. Who else can say, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool? Not Michael Jordan, not even Wild Bill Nunnally. That is reserved for one. Look at your neighbor and say, that's Jesus. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. No one else can say that. No one else has that title. No one else can make that claim except for the Lord of glory. Can you say amen? He is the greatest of all time. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ, that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. I put together just some crazy, crazy stuff. And I think you are going to enjoy this teaching more so than maybe any other teaching I've ever done. Point number one, would you write this down? Uh, Can anyone else say, heaven is my throne? Again, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Isn't that just cool? I've never preached on this, this, this uh, chapter and verse. I, I never have. But I'm going to teach on it today. Just a couple of thoughts regarding this. In the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 49, the Bible said, they, they quote this prophecy, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. I understand there's a lot of people that are beginning to wander away from the principles and the truth and the doctrine of the Word of God. We must never... There are some people that no longer believe there's a literal heaven or a literal hell, that this is it, baby. But how many recognize there is a literal heaven and there is a literal hell and there is a Savior that died so that he doesn't want us to go to hell? There is a heaven. Listen to just some of this. Uh, Moses, he believed in heaven. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 15, look down from heaven, your holy dwelling place. Look down from heaven. Interesting. Your holy dwelling place. Remember that. And bless your people Israel and the land you have given us. Solomon believed in heaven. 
in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 30. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. Again, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. And when you hear, forgive. Do you know that Jesus Christ himself taught about heaven? John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Jesus Christ, he says, and I quote, Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. The second coming is talked about through angels, prophets, disciples, and the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He says, I will come again. How many looking forward to the glorious return of our Lord? Can you scream amen? Matter of fact, let's just give him a hand. He said, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. The Apostle Paul assures us of heaven in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the earthly tent that we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built with human hands. Scripture has much to say about heaven, but it also has much to say about the throne in heaven, and he who sits on the throne. Let me recognize, he who sits on the throne is the greatest of all time. His name is Jesus. Can you say amen? So, so I put together some scriptures that I would like to read in your hearing regarding the throne in heaven and the goat, the greatest of all time, who sits upon it. Second Chronicles chapter 18, verse 18. Then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his, guess what? Throne and the host of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. You might say, well, that's just one scripture. Well, let me give you a couple more. Psalms chapter uh, 11, verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, can you say amen? It's Old Testament. Well, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Any overcomers in the house? Can you say good amen? Revelation chapter 4 verse 2. 
Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance as an emerald. Many scriptures about heaven, many scriptures about the throne in heaven, and the one, the greatest of all time, who sits on the throne. Let me give you one more. Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It's a a picture of what's going on in heaven. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor uh, and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. How many recognize the greatest of all time is the Lord Jesus Christ Him. Can you scream amen? Now, I I have just um, some people that just love me so much. I love them, and they they bless me with a book called The Book of Mysteries. (sighs) Carol Page, Pat Weech. And I I, I, I literally have read one of the daily readings, and and I, I learned some things regarding the throne and the footstool. Remember Jesus, he said, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. And again, I've never preached on this. I've never really, I'm embarrassed maybe to admit it, but I've never really researched what that means. But listen, let me give you some truth and some nugget from that. Heaven is the place of his dwelling. Heaven is the center of all of his presence. It's where he rests his weight. You are going to love this. Listen closely. The word for weight in Hebrew is kavod. And kavod also means glory. Heaven is the place where the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ, rests his weight and his glory. That is profound to me. You don't sit on a footstool. You you sit in the throne. He's sitting on the throne in heaven. He's not sitting on the footstool. That's where he's resting his feet. He is seated on the throne in heaven. And the Bible said the earth is his footstool. The earth can't handle all the weight of his glory. He's too powerful. He's too majestic. He's too big. But it's the place where he rests his feet. Earth bears the imprint of his feet. But the weight of his glory is in heaven and on the throne. Why do I think that is so good it's worthy of another offering? Let me go a little bit deeper. This is so profound to me. If Jesus Christ is high and lifted up and seated on the throne, I don't know about what you're going through. I don't know about what you walk through in life. Listen, it's going to be okay. 
So we have a tendency, don't we? The enemy will say, well, you know what? You, you, you have this trial, this tribulation. So, you know, he's on the throne, but then, you know, trials come and he's off the throne. He, he's on the throne and then the sickness comes and does that mean he's off the throne? He, he's on the throne and then it seems like all of hell attacks your life. Does that mean he's off the throne? No. He is and will forever be on the throne in heaven. And if the throne is occupied, you are going to make it. Can you scream amen? Matter of fact, Jesus said the devil is a liar and he is the father of lies. The next time the enemy lies to you, the next time your flesh lies to you and tries to tell you that, you know what, you're the only Christian that struggles, you're the, you know, maybe he's not on the throne, maybe his eyes aren't fixed on you, you just need to tell your flesh, you need to get back on the cross, you need to tell the devil, you are a liar, my God is on the throne. Somebody say amen. He's on the throne, and the earth is his footstool. place, the throne, the place of his authority, his provision, his protection, everything that you and I need in life emanates from Jesus Christ, and he is the greatest of all time. Do you say amen? I want to do a really fascinating teaching regarding the footstool. Again, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. Just a couple of thoughts. If heaven is a place where his weight and glory rests, then the earth is a place he puts his feet. And according to Scripture, the earth cannot bear the weight of his glory. The earth is his footstool. Isaiah 66, 1. I want you to get this. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. It's where he rests his feet. It bears the imprint of his feet. It's never the full weight of his glory. Why is this important? Because, and again, this is from that book. This is right. This right. It's because we live in a footstool world. We live in a footstool world. Too many place their focus on the things of earth. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I believe there's a, a very prophetic and deep uh, revelation from the Scripture, and it's simply, where's your focus? Where's your attention? Where are you putting your trust? What are you living for? Is it earth, which is just a footstool? Or is it heaven and the things of God? You, you, you don't sit on a footstool. You place your feet on top of it, on top of its issues, on top of its problems. I understand sometimes you just need to do that by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. It's the place where you place your feet on top of the tribulation, the trials, the battles, the bills, the critics, those who are negative. Listen, they're not going to overtake you. The blessings of God are going to overtake you because your God is seated on the throne and the earth is his 
footstool. Can I tell you, those who place all of their life trying to get wealth and build this, that, and the other, ain't no possessions in heaven. What are you giving for exchange of your life? There's no possessions in heaven. <laughs> the issues that seem to be taking you under and drowning, uh, you're, you're drowning. It seems like you're going under. You need to understand, no, God has given you power. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Anybody in the house grateful that there's no issues, no problems in heaven? Anybody in the house grateful there's no sickness in heaven? Ain't no cancer in heaven? Ain't no possessions in heaven? No, there's just what we do from the, for the Lord with a pure heart. Listen, the only thing that we can take with us to heaven is people. It's people. I, I keep this before me all, all the time. I, I want to make sure that my focus uh, is not just on the things of the world. I understand I, I live in the world, but I understand that I, I, I better not be acting like the world. I better be keeping my focus on, on the things of God. And the Bible said if we will seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, everything that we need on earth will be given to us. <clears throat> so where's your focus today? Where's your focus today? Is it on the things of God or is it on the things of the world? The Bible says, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Anything that deals with earth, you need to understand, is temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. But we serve a God that is eternal. And our spirit, our soul, is going to live somewhere eternally. And it's one of two places. I, I know people don't like hearing this, but um, you're part of a church that I'm not afraid to preach truth. Listen, because there's not three places. Well, what about purgatory? You know, maybe you can get pray, prayed out of purgatory. You know, you just you, you don't live for God. You don't know if it's your personal say. You just, you know, it, it, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Where are you going to spend? Where's your soul? Where's your spirit going to spend eternity? Because it's going to spend eternity somewhere. I want to spend it with the Lord in heaven. I want to see one day the Lord seated on the throne at the right hand of my Father. How many with me can you say amen? Well, what about the other place? Well, the other place, it's not even hell. Hell is going to give up one day everything that's in hell, but it is the lake of fire which burns with brimstone forever and ever and ever and ever, and you don't want to go there. That's why Jesus made a way. We don't have to. We'll accept him as our Savior. So what does this mean? Let me get real personal. The Apostle Paul. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, he writes, But God, who is rich in mercy, can we just say thank you, Lord? Mm. You're so rich in mercy. Thank you, Lord. Because of his great love, which, which he loved us, never question the love of God. 
Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. I know more of a teaching today. The Bible says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Man, this is good. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So, I don't think there's anyone in the house, anyone watching, that would deny that the greatest of all time is Jesus Christ. He has no equal. He has no peer. He is the greatest of all time. Can you say amen? So I want to just land the plane now, and I I just want to kind of get personal with you. Let me ask you, how big is your God? Your concept of God is the most important attribute that you carry. Your concept of God is the most important aspect that you carry in your life. There are some of us who were raised, we didn't know the Lord in a personal way, and our concept of God was he was an old man with a long gray beard with lightning bolts. Is there anyone else like me? That's how you were raised. That was my concept of God. Wow, are you serious? I'm the only one, huh? Thank you. Thank you. That was my concept of God. There's some that were raised that that, um, concept of God is he doesn't really like you, but, you know, I'm kind of stuck with you. But they just, the, the Bible, Jesus says in John chapter 15, that you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Aren't you grateful that he chose you? Billions of people on terra firma, and he chose you? You don't know everything about me. I don't know everything about you. But he does. And aren't you grateful in spite of our frailty, in spite of our failures, in spite of our issues, in spite of our past, in spite of our stuff, He chose us. Wow. He chose us. And he appointed us that we would bear fruit. And that fruit would remain. Just blows my mind. So how big is your God? The real answer to that, listen closely, may lie in how big a role he plays in your life minute by minute. Hour by hour. If you can see Jesus as big enough to create the universe, dear ones, he is also big enough to be worthy of offering your body a living sacrifice. To live lives of worship. How we treat one another how we speak toward one another in private, in public settings, 
If you can see Jesus as big enough to hang the stars out in the heavens, which the Bible said he does, the Bible said that he calls every star by name. That is crazy. It blows my mind. He's big enough to save every member of your family. If God is big, so big, (laughs) that he created the heavens and the earth and everything in them, There's nothing that you need that he can't provide. I'm not saying he's a Santa Claus in the sky. I'm just saying he's a sovereign God, and anything that comes into my life must first pass through his hands. And how many recognize he's a big God? Can you say amen? Your concept of God is the most important thing in your life. If he's big enough to fill you with the Holy Spirit, to baptize you in the Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues, he is big enough to place the giftings and the callings of God upon your life so that your life can make a difference in the lives of others. So it's not your power, not your strength, but you have tapped into the power of all powers, the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Just trying to tell you today, our God is big. And the things that trouble us, the things that try to destroy us, rob us of energy, strength, faith, He rests His feet on those. And if He rests His feet on anything in my life, It's going to be okay. If he rests his feet, for me to rest my feet on the footstool in your living room, that means I've got to be there. Heaven is my throne. And the earth, your home, your children, your finances, your heart, mm, go rest my, my feet there. And if our God is on the throne, it's going to be okay. doesn't matter what it looks like doesn't matter what we deal with. I understand the pain. I, I, I get all that. But he is sovereign, and he is supernatural, and he loves you. He is for you, and he is with you. Heaven is my throne. And the earth, my footstool, and my brothers and my sisters, ain't nobody else in the universe can say that. Jesus Christ is the greatest of all time. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads? Lord, there's so many personal applications concerning this message. And Father, this really uh, wasn't a message, oh, I wish my friend could be here. No, this was a message for each and every one of us here. Those who are watching online, this, this, this is a message. Lord, you are awesome. And Father, we thank you that the throne in heaven is occupied. And he who sits upon the throne, the Lord of glory, you are powerful. You are almighty. You, 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 you didn't just roll, roll, you didn't just raised from the dead on the third day. You defeated death, hell, and the grave. You made a way when there was no way. You did not, when you ascended into the heavens, Lord, you didn't leave us as orphans. You sent the Holy Spirit to convict us, to comfort us, to reveal Jesus, to lead us into all truth. Lord, you take such good care of us. And Lord, I know that there are many that are struggling right now. Father, we lift up Pastor Bueller. We pray that you touch his physical body right now.
Lord, we pray over Dolores Villanueva. Today is a very important day in her life, God, her physical body. We, we, we pray healing over her. Would you wrap your arms around that precious family that we all love? Lord, for one of my, my dearest friends I've ever had, Mike Richardson, Lord, we're praying and believing for a complete and total miracle in his life. Been a few, few setbacks there, but God, maybe it's the comeback. Today's the day of the comeback in his life. Father, as many people, I know there's a lot of needs here. I, I'm thinking of uh, Trisha and Randall who are literally stranded in the Yukon right now. Called them yesterday, and they just cried and cried. Father, make a way for them. They're probably watching. Make a way for them, Lord. This is a young family that we love so very much. Make a way for them. I pray that their children would see the hand of God that would strengthen their faith. Lord, we thank you that you are sovereign. And Father, we want to turn over the arenas of our life that we still have control over. We want to surrender them to your Lordship. We want to lay them down, just as the 24 elders laid down the crowns before the throne. Lord, we want a crown so we can lay it at your feet. Not show it off, but lay it at your feet. So we cast our burdens toward you, our issues, our challenges, our hurts, our woundedness, our bitterness, our unforgiveness. We, we just cast it before the throne. We give it to you. We surrender it, Lord, and we pick up your goodness, your grace, the fire of your spirit. What a great exchange. We trade our worst in for your best. We thank you that you're on the throne. We thank you that you're involved in our lives on earth. And one day we'll see you seated at the right hand of God. All the weight of your glory, majesty, power. We're going to see it one day, Lord. We're so grateful. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. I wonder if there's somebody here. I wonder if there's somebody watching. You're not where you should be with the Lord. Don't miss heaven. Don't miss heaven. How, how, how do I get there? Uh, by accepting the sacrifice of the Son of God. He died in your place. It wasn't his sin. It was my sin that he died for. It was your sin. Well, Pastor, how do you accept him? You just invite him into your heart. You confess your sin. You repent of your sin. And there's a great exchange. You become a saint of God, a child of God. And those of you who are watching online, those of you here, if you'd say, Pastor, that's me. We're not even going to bow our heads and close our eyes. In your heart of hearts, I just want you to say, Lord, forgive me for my sin, mistakes I've made. I'm not walking with you like I should. Please forgive me. I'm running home. And I accept you into my heart to be my Savior. No more wandering. I'm going to live for you. And I thank you that the throne of heaven is occupied and that your feet, the imprint of your feet, rest upon everything that I'll go through in life. And when you're with me, it's going to be okay. Amen. Amen. Can you stand to your feet all over the building? How, how many would just say, that was, a, that was a crazy message. I mean, that was so crazy. I, I'm preaching next Sunday in Boise. Pastor Jordan will be here. I'm thinking about preaching that again. It's just a crazy, I just, new, new revelation for me. The most sacred time in a church is when a church 
and the pastor grow together. How many recognize we're, we're in this thing together? We're growing together. Ain't got everything figured out, but we love the one serving the one who does. Can you say amen? First-time guests, we are so grateful that you are with us. We truly are. We believe that we serve a God that's never made a mistake. You are here because of God's will. And I would love to shake your hand. I got a free gift I'd love to give you as well. And again, I'm going to ask if you have not signed up, please find that table, that booth in the foyer and sign up today. We are believing for the greatest harvest this church has ever seen for Easter. And we ask you to believe with us. Father, would you go with us? I pray that this scripture, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1, you speak clearly and, and even more profoundly than the things I share to each and every one of us. For thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Father, walk with us, I ask. Bless each and every one of us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord a great big hand?